0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming and being in our audience today. I hope you're excited for another <laughs> exciting episode of the hit game show, RPG Roulette. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. On today's episode, we're going to do everybody's favorite thing, recap the last episode that you definitely listened to. To I do listen to so, listen to it. To do so, I'm going to ask my three lovely co-hosts five questions, which they will then answer. Whichever one of them answers the most correctly will be able to add a whole entire point to one of their roles tonight. Wow. Wow. Alright, I'm ready for button. those questions, Hunter. Alright. Question one Did we find Emmett in the mine? Me. oh uh, Noah.
1: No, we did not find Emmett in the mine.
0: Correct. That's one point. Yes. I forgot we I had the same name. It's like who it's Emmett like was. quick draw all over again. <laughs> I forgot who Emmett was. <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs> I was in there like Emmett. Emmett is he a is he a bad guy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Question, Question two. number two. What did the sheriff ask us to do for him in the last episode? Me. Me. I, I said heard it Keen first. first.
3: Yes, uh to go down to the the southern city dry gulch to uh, recruit a posse, not a possum, to help hunt down the O'Hara family to find Emmett.
0: Correct. That's one point. Right. Question number 3. What happened to our heroes on the road to Dry Gulch? Me. I heard Luke. They were stopped by a
2: roving gang of bandits i guess that's what they were captain holster oh yeah oh yeah well they were led by captain holster i don't was he there
3: no he wasn't there
2: yeah they were they were they were his men
3: oh you better know as soon as i'm in control of this story again forget the like deep-seated o'hara family i wrote in the first episode captain holster is our new antagonist (laughs) as soon as i'm dm again
1: (laughs) oh good Please, please build upon my stupidity.
0: <laughs> Heck yes. All right. Question four. What was going on in the town when our heroes got there? Me, me, me. me. I think I heard Noah first. Ah, the, I was, I was yes. definitely first. I was first, but that's it, discord
3: but delay. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> We saw the town of
1: Dry Gulch in flames. It was burning down.
0: That's correct. And Noah takes a two to one to one lead. All right, and for our final question, who's excited to play some freaking roulette? Me. That was definitely (laughs) Noah. Just (laughs) Noah. Wow. Well, um,
1: yeah, uh, I'm excited.
0: All right, so Noah, you can add one to one roll during this uh, adventure we're about to have.
1: Heck
2: yeah, I can. I think it's. I think it's very telling that Keaton and I had the same reaction to that.
3: Hey, I'm excited. All right, thank you, Hunter. I am too. Uh, hey everybody, welcome back to RPG Roulette. Um, let's do the intro music. <laughs> Welcome back to RPG Roulette, the RPG show where we're all the GM and it's constantly switching. Who's the GM? <laughs> um, I My name is uh, Keaton Sample and I play Dale Olsen, a, um, an older man, an older gentleman, sort of a vagabond type who lives just outside of Rusty Peaks. And uh, yeah, that, that's who I play. <laughs> my name is Luke Howard.
2: And I play Jasper Hughes, a man who has recently gotten a taste for authority.
1: Hey guys, this is Noah Jones, and uh, I am playing Roy McCullen. I am the new cobbler in Rusty Peaks, and uh, I'm going on this adventure with all these people trying to find my place in this town.
0: And I'm Hunter Wood, and I play everyone's favorite Scottish doctor uh, Dr. Scott Lewis, and I'm also going to be the GM for today, so let's get started. This scene takes place in a small, a small bar near the Texas-New Mexico border. Um, we cut in to see two dirty and tired men riding up to the bar, and they dismount their horses as the sun blazes above them. The two men tie their horses up and enter the bar. They're both weary, hungry, and thirsty and they've traveled a long way to reach this bar. But their first priority isn't finding food or a much needed drink. The two men look around and notice that the bar is empty, save the barkeeper, who timidly waves as they walk in, and a second figure sitting in the corner, their face obscured by a bandana and hat. The first man gestures towards the figure in the corner and the two men approach. Hello there, friend. Well, we have a moment of your time. You see, my name's Frank, and this is my associate, Chris. We traveled a long way because, well, we're the kind of men who make lots of enemies, you see, and uh, we were tipped off that the best bounty hunter in the whole Lone Star State frequents this bar. A uh, Mr. Dayton, I believe his name is. Now by any chance, do you know where we could find him? Or better yet, are you him yourself? My associate and I are prepared to pay a small fortune for your services. Without looking up at either of the two men, the figure nods and gestures to the chair across the table. Well, well, glad to see our journey was worth it. Rumor is you've tracked down all kinds of scum, confederate deserters, murderers, even the occasional, um, former gang member. Frank pauses to wait for a confirmation of these tales, but when the figure doesn't respond for several seconds, he continues. Um, well, anyways, you see, uh, a former associate of ours flew the coop and, uh, well, we didn't exactly leave on good terms with him. We'd, uh, we'd be willing to pay handsomely to have him brought home dead or uh, dead or even alive the fella's name is Roy Roy McCullens he's a real nasty piece of work so what do you say are you our guy the t- bounty hunter stands and Frank stands as well chuckling well after all those tales I thought you'd be taller Frank himself stands about six feet however he finds himself a good half foot taller than the famous bounty hunter he's now come face to face with um however this thought quickly leaves his mind as the bounty hunter removes their bandana and hat And their long blonde hair falls past their shoulders frank gasp oh you liar you're a woman and there ain't no way a woman can be a bounty before he can finish he finds himself cut off by a knife at his throat now you listen here friend you are right on all accounts i am a woman and i'm also the best bounty hunter in the whole damn lone star state i'll go find this friend of yours and i'll bring him to you i don't care if he's dead or alive if it makes you no difference and when i'm back you can pay me, just like you promised. Unable to muster any words, Frank nods slowly. Um, gl- glad we understand each other. Yes, we do. Now I'll be off, gentlemen. Oh, and how rude of me. I forgot to give you my name. It's Sarah. Sarah Dayton. With that, she turns and walks out of the bar. Standing at the bar, the bartender returns to cleaning a glass as he whispers under his breath. God help, Roy McCullins." McCullens. Oof. Well, now...
3: <laughs> Noah. Noah sits uneasy in his chair. <laughs>
0: let's let's play some Dead in the West. Oh yeah! Th- all right.
3: I was fully nope. expecting to hear you say that let's play some D anD D. That's not what this is. <laughs> not at all. Doesn't even resemble Surprise. it, right?
0: Incorrect. Hey, it has dice. Oh,
3: okay. Uh.
0: So uh. Let's do it. At the end of the episode, Luke, I think you said that uh, Jasper kind of ran ahead right on his horse once he saw the fire he saw the fire and immediately said yeah kicked his horse into third gear (laughs) that's about how
1: fast horses go i think
0: dr lewis he turns and he looks at roy well uh are we gonna follow him
1: i believe we should if that's where we're supposed to be and if it's on fire we should uh, at least make sure the people are okay i guess so let's
3: go when we're talking about fire, um, like, is it like a couple buildings have caught fire in like the middle of the town or is like the town completely ablaze?
0: So this isn't a huge town. It's kind of your standard Western town that you would see on TV if you turned on a Western movie. And right now, about half of it is on fire. Okay. So yeah, a good bit. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty, pretty decent flame.
3: I should have prepared myself more for how I would react to seeing... Fire on the <laughs> town.
0: Uh, I knew this was going to happen. So, Scott, he, uh, he, he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gallop. He gallops on his mule forward towards the town.
1: Yeah, uh, Roy, uh, digs his spurs into his horse, still trailing behind the horse that we, uh, one of the other horses that we took from the bandits that we killed. But yeah, no, I, I smack my horse and move on forward towards the fire.
0: All right, so. Jasper, I'm going to say you're too far ahead, but I'm going to do a frontier check, and will Noah and Keaton give me one also? Yes. That's, That's a, a four. six. So, um, Noah, yours was the highest. So, Roy, um, out of the corner of your eye, you think you kind of notice, um, uh, you're so you are kind of come over a hill, like you could see smoke over the hill, and then you came up onto the kind of crest of the hill. And there's almost a like empty space of probably about 150 yards, and then kind of the buildings start. And as you kind of come over the hill, out of the corner of your eye, you think you see a man running out of town. But when you kind of turn to focus on it more, you just see a uh, a large hawk kind of flying, like taking up off the ground. So you just kind of you just kind of chalk it up to your imagination.
1: All right. Yeah. No. I, I guess I'm just going to keep riding forward then. If I...
0: All right, so Jasper, you get into the town first, and uh, you just hear kind of people screaming. Um, you know, they they weren't really. It doesn't seem like there's anyone trying to do anything necessarily to like put out this fire, or at least not in any organized way. You just hear kind of panicked, unorganized screaming.
2: <laughs> uh, I want to I want to look around for just someone who looks like they might be in charge.
0: All right, so um, standing kind of like in almost a town square, kind of, you see, uh, there's an older gentleman, and he has a, he's a thick gray mustache, and he, he seems to try and be yelling at people, trying to organize them, but he's not having, he's not having much success. The people don't really seem like they're listening to him. I'm gonna ride over to him. C- come on! Y- y'all now, uh, we gotta do something to put these flames out! If y'all, y'all gotta help me, I can't! Please, come on! Come on! Now. Uh- sir, sir! Yeah, Where, yeah. Where's where's the nearest water source? We, we uh, nearest water source. Well, we got there's a there's a well over. It's on the other side of town, about about a hundred hundred yards outside of town. But that's that's a good ways. I just I just don't know what to do. I just is there anyone oh, still in the buildings? Uh, I, I just I I think I think one 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 lady said her her son didn't get out, but. Oh, there's so much going on. I just which building? Where is it? Uh, the uh, the school building. It's 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 three buildings that way. And he he points you in a direction.
2: Uh, Jasper's gonna ride over there and then hop off of Daisy. And Daisy's got like a like a blanket um like rolled up in the saddlebags. And he's gonna take the blanket out and wrap it around his shoulder and like over his head.
0: Uh, and then he's gonna run into the building, try to look for this All right. boy. So once you get into the building. It's, there's kind of a little entryway and it's filling up with smoke, but it's not, it's not so full yet that you can't see. And you see the school building basically consists of this entryway and a hallway and there are four rooms, two on each side of the hallway.
2: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to yell out.
0: Hello, hello, anyone in here? Hello? Hello? Can I get a sense of where that's coming from? Um, you can tell it's one of the two rooms that are further down the hallway, but you can't tell if it's the one on the left or right.
2: I'm going to run down the hallway and go in the door on the left.
0: All right, so you come into this room, and you see, basically, here is what happened. There is a small boy at the back of the room, and part of the ceiling has kind of collapsed, cutting the room in half. So you're on the side that the door's on, and he's on the opposite side, trapped by the piece of fallen ceiling.
2: Okay, and so, like, the there's just, like, burning
0: wood, like, in, in between us? Yes. Like, think of it if, like, kind of like a ceiling beam, caught on fire and, like, Mm -hmm. fell. All right, I'm going to throw the blanket that's on me and
2: try to, like, throw it over, not, like, to the boy, but, like, lay it over the burning wood and see if I can get over to the other side to get the boy without burning myself by using
0: the blanket. All right. Um, I'm trying to decide what type of roll that would be. I was thinking either wiliness or frontier. I feel like that'd be uh, wiliness. Yeah. I was I was leaning towards wiliness. All right, I'll roll wiliness.
2: I've already forgotten. Is it a D eight? Yes.
0: Yeah. All right, that's a seven. That'll do it. You you manage to cover up, and the blanket kind of stop starts smoking, but it, it kind of smothered it enough that for the moment you could you could get over there.
2: All right, I get over there, and I, I pick the boy up, and I try to get back over to the other side and get out of the building.
0: All right. So as you come out the door, the smoke has kind of—it's kind of increased now, and it's a lot—it's a lot um, thicker than it was before. But you can still—you can still see the doorway and the—the the, uh, sun shining through it. I'm just—I'm running. I've got the boy. I'm running. All right. I am actually going to do a roll. You got out successfully. You managed to—the kind of pieces of like embers and pieces of flaming wood were kind of sparking all around you, but you—you you managed to get out without anything anything worse happening to you and uh, as soon as you get out of the building the uh, the small child says do you, um do you do you know where my mom is that she'll want to know i'm okay
2: uh, i don't know <clears throat> i don't know where your mother is um yeah just uh go go stand near a building away away from the fires
0: <laughs> yes sir and after he says that, he kind of scampers off in the direction of the part of the town that's not on fire yet. Oh,
2: you think after 15 years of smoking, I'd, I'd fare a little <laughs> better than that. He he runs back over and to the, the mustachioed
0: man that he was talking to earlier. At this point, the man with the mustache is talking to Dr. Lewis, and he's just, he's kind of pleading. Listen, uh, I, we, I need, my town's gonna burn down. I'm the, I, you gotta help me. I just, I don't, I, nothing like this has ever happened here before. I don't, I don't know what to do. Now, uh, why d- d- don't you take it easy? We're, uh, me and my friends, we're gonna help you, but you, you need to tell us more, uh, where, are there, are there any more people who are calling the fires? Uh, how many, how many men do you have that are, uh, capable of helping us put out these fires if we're gonna help you? Well, uh, I just, uh, I'm sorry, I just, I can't, I can't think straight. My head, I, can't, oh, I slap him. He kind of he kind of has a shocked expression for a second, and like he's never a man who's really like had people talk back to him or slap him before. But he, after a second, he remembers that you were the guy who said you were gonna save the kid, and he says, "Well, uh, did you did you find him? He's safe for now. Oh, thank God. Um, get a hold of yourself now. Try to wrangle right. up some gentlemen
2: so we can get to the well and forget it, anyone you can get your hands on. Tell them to get to the well
0: and bring any buckets they have. Well." I, I'll go and start working on the well. But I think there's one other building that may have people in. It. Where is it? The uh, the local town prison. It's it's right next to town hall. There are two prisoners still locked up in it. Well, let's go.
3: <laughs> Dale's spitting on the fire.
1: <laughs> Dale, Dale, come on, come with I'm,
3: us. I'm helping. No, you're not. Uh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sprint to the jailhouse.
0: All right. So you get there, and this this building is. It's worse off than the school is. It's it's starting to burn like pretty pretty considerably.
3: Um, can I make a frontier roll um, to see if ma- maybe Dale has advantage on like maneuvering around the jailhouse since he may or may not have <laughs> spent uh, some time in the Rusty Peaks jailhouse from time to time? Go for it. Ah, that's another that's another four to half.
0: I will say you do if it's like small things, okay okay, so if it's something pretty like pretty not difficult, you can do it fine, but i'll be I'll be the judge of it.
3: <laughs> okay cool um, well uh, d- 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 what do I do? What do I do? Come here, uh, do you you- you- here I- Jess was gonna run
2: around and see if we can find any windows and just start yelling in and seeing if anyone's in there and can respond. Hey,
0: anybody in there? Anybody in there? Hello, um. When you see that, there is a barred window to one side, and as you yell that, a face pops up at the window, and it's there for several... It's the face of probably about a middle-aged man, and you see it for several seconds, and then it disappears back under the window. All right, man, there's somebody inside. They don't respond in any way.
1: There's somebody inside. I just saw a face. Well. I'm going in. I'm going to pull my bandana up over my face. I'm going to kick in the door.
0: Jasper
2: says, oh, man, that's a great idea. I should have covered my mouth with a bandana when I went <laughs> into school. <laughs>
0: All right, Roy, give me a frontier check as you storm bravely into this uh, jail house.
1: Oh, that's an eight. So that means it's a ten with my modifiers.
0: Heck yeah, dude. Well, you're kind of you're kinda hit by a wall of smoke as you enter, but pulling your bandana up it keeps most of it out of your nose and mouth so you you're able to kind of sustain it for now and uh, at first you have a hard time seeing through all the flames and smoke but after a couple of seconds you notice there are two jail cells and there is one man locked in each and after a couple of seconds of looking at them you notice that they look almost identical
1: uh do I see any like do I see any um, keys or anything or like I'm, I'm assuming they're locked in there
0: um give me a wiliness check yes they are locked the doors are locked that's why they haven't left uh that is a seven a seven um you notice that there's kind of like one of the things on the wall where you would hang keys and the keys aren't there and you notice the only furniture really in this um uh, jailhouse is on the opposite wall from the two cells there's a desk which has completely burst into flame
1: Gotcha, so I'm going to I'm gonna yell out to them and be like, You fellas alright? Can y'all uh, open
0: those doors? They both shake their heads no, but don't respond.
1: Uh, well, this is probably a bad idea. And I'm going to go to the one on the left, and I'm going to see if I can, like, open the door myself.
0: Okay, um, are you just trying to, like, grab it and, like, pull it open? Or, like, trying to, like, break it? Or... What I'm gonna do, um,
1: so I don't want to just grab it because it's burning. It's, it's, that metal's gonna be hot, so I don't want to just grab it. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm going to take off. Uh, I've got like a I've got I have like two shirts on. Like I have like a like a, a over jacket. I'm gonna take off my jacket and I'm gonna wrap it around the bars, like a couple of the bars near the near where the lock is, and then I'm just gonna like pull on
0: it really hard. All right, give me a frontier roll.
3: I feel like that's the definition of toughness right there.
0: Yeah, that's f- actually fair. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, toughness is
1: my best thing, but it really it does not going to matter anyways because I rolled an eight. Okay.
0: So. <laughs> well, there you go. You go to pull, and like normally pulling on these wouldn't have done anything, but the the wood in the ceiling has kind started of to, started to fall apart from being burnt. So when you just pull on this uh, door as hard as you can... The part in the ceiling just breaks loose and it falls forward. And the two men are both freed. Like, the whole, both the doors are just completely ripped off. <laughs> nice! <Jeez>. Awesome! <laughs> yeah, you like you just like Superman it, ripping the whole thing down. <laughs> Alright. Uh, come on, man, let's get out of here! I'm gonna turn around and
1: just hightail it right back out the door.
0: Uh, they both kind of stare at you awestruck for like a second, because you just like tore down this jail cell they've been trapped in. And then they both high it after you. Yeah.
1: So I mean I'm just gonna run out and be like, I got I got him free gas. Let's uh let's uh, head on back.
0: Yes, let's uh we need to get to that well. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the well and work on getting some water uh-huh. and uh
3: I I I can do that. I can do that. Hey, Come on,
0: Dale, let's go. I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna check out these two guys and I'm gonna walk over to him and I'm gonna be like, Hey, what what are we
0: all doing in there anyway? Um they both look at you and then they kind of like they kind of make some motions around their mouth and throat area. Oh, are you are you mute? They both nod enthusiastically. Oh my, uh, my grandpappy was mute. What do you what what do you know in sign language? What do you? They both give you kind of a kind of a dumbfounded look when you say this. Okay, I guess you don't know that. How how what's the best way for you to communicate? Can you write? They they both give you a thumbs up and then turn it to a thumbs down and then a thumbs up again. So more or less. All right.
2: He takes out his pen and journal and he says, I need you to I need you boys to write down what you what you did for me. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I can I can trust you. He just hands him the, the journal and pen.
0: Um after a couple minutes they give it back to you and it's it it's kinda of pretty pretty bad handwriting and it's not it's not exactly pretty, but you managed to piece together that basically they were kind of they did odd jobs around the town, and they were kind of just hired muscle. But uh, they can never, they can never really have much, uh, much of a sustained job since they were both mute. And uh, they eventually got arrested for some minor theft. All right, come with me. See if you can find a bucket anywhere around. They both follow you. Cool. All right, so now I'm gonna cut to the well. So after uh, Scott is writing, uh, associate pretty uh, or assistant, excuse me, pretty. Uh, <laughs> as fast as you can ride a mule and uh he's pushing pushing it pretty hard to try and get to that well what about uh what about old Dale
3: yeah i mean i think i think i think as soon as dale got to the town and it was on fire he ditched the horse because he's not super comfortable riding uh, so he's honestly probably on assistant with you
0: sounds good to me all right so um after a few minutes of riding you kind of break loose the town and you get to the well and you see uh the same mustache man you saw earlier and he's He's out at the well with another man, and they're they're bringing up. They have several buckets they've already filled with water, and they're uh, lowering down some more to fill them up. Uh, as soon as he sees the two of you riding towards him on his horse, he waves at you and says, "Oh, thank thank goodness! I'm so glad. We need all the help we can get. Would you two, would you two grab some of the buckets we've already filled and go and go and start throwing them on the flames? I, I, I don't know how much it's going to help, but we gotta do what we can." Uh- Oh, oh,
3: I'm on it. I'm on it. And uh, Dale's going to just try to pick up two buckets and run.
0: Scott also grabs two buckets and runs back towards the fire. All I, right, uh, so, I can't help but feeling like this is going to end up
2: like in the little rascals. They, <laughs> they do the bucket brigade and all the water falls out by the end. They do a little. I
3: start. know. <laughs> uh, I know. I was thinking it, it has to be a funny scene to see Dale just with his arms all the way out and his stumpy little legs just running with two buckets. <laughs>
0: All right, so give me a frontier roll for Dale.
3: All right, let's see if I don't roll another 2. Uh, great. That's a that's a not natural 8.
0: Dale, he runs up and without any problem, he just throws both the buckets on kind of a uh a house where the fire was starting to light like, get towards, but it hadn't really fully engulfed it yet and he's able to kind of kind of fight it back, but it's it's very apparent that it's it's going to take a lot of effort and it it may not even be salvageable at this point. It's a fire's growing fiercer every second.
3: Okay. Um. I think. I think maybe Dale makes it back to the well and he's panting. Um. And he looks around. He 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 talks to Mustache Man. Um. Have we learned Mustache Man's name? Not yet. No one's asked. <laughs> I just called it. I just called him the mustachia Gentleman. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think I, I run back up and I'm. Ugh. Uh, oh, Mister. I don't know if they're, I don't. Uh. I don't know if we're gonna be able to to beat that thing.
0: <sighs> oh no, oh no, no, no. I I can't be the mayor who let the town burn
2: down. Look, sir, at this point, I think the smartest thing to do is would be to try to to just beat it back as much as we can. Maybe not stop the fire, but keep it from spreading to any more
3: buildings. Um, okay. Can I can I roll another frontier check here? I feel like I live Go in I it. live in the woods and I cook on an open fire to see if maybe Dale has like a better understanding of fire and maybe he can come up with some sort of plan
2: All right. is that a, is that one of your experiences putting uh, out
3: fires. yeah yeah i'm gonna say that putting out fires is one of my experiences uh <laughs> and in the west you get to put learning points into experiences that can be whatever you want to get a plus one um which i have th- i'm three episodes in and i've forgotten to do uh so yeah that's one of them that's one of them uh so i'm gonna roll
0: um okay that's a that's an eight without it so cool all right. So with that, you get the knowledge that like what has been said so far is correct. The part that's on fire, it's probably it's probably too much that you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to counter it. But um, if you're wanting to save what the town hasn't got lit yet, um, starting kind of putting water on some of the houses that are closest to the fire wouldn't be a bad way to start. Dale
3: Dale slaps Mustache Man again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he goes. Listen, Mister. I don't know who you are, but you need to get it together. Uh, now, now, now. I, I make fires all the time, and uh, there's there was this one time where uh, I almost caught the whole the whole woods outside the mine on fire, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm gonna get fired if I catch all these woods on fire." And I, I had to figure it out. Okay, so right, what I, what I did is I went and I, well, it might not be too pretty, but I peed all around it, and uh, and I got this line <laughs> of water out, and uh, it's it's it, it didn't spread no more. So yeah, yeah, let's let's get the water. Let's uh, let's. Let's get all the buildings around it, around that fire wet. And then, the, mister, if there's anything inside those burning buildings that haven't hasn't lit yet, like some, uh, some hay or some, I don't know, some, some tissues or some paper or anything, we got to get that out of there or else that might start spreading. So just tell your men, just stop trying to put out this big old fire and start protecting the rest of the... Uh, and uh, he runs and grabs two more buckets and runs back into town. <laughs> also, if okay, anybody's well, got to pee,
0: use it! The, uh... The mayor, he's kind of stroking his mustache now. He says, "Well, could could two of you, uh, two of you fine gentlemen, go go into the burning part of town and see if you can see if you can do what your friends said, while uh, me and the rest of my men keep putting water on the dry buildings?" All right, Roy, that'll be you and me. Let's go, Doc. I suggest
2: you uh, see if anybody needs help with any burns or anything.
0: Yes, I'll get quite to it. And uh, Doctor Lewis turns and he rides. Kind of towards the uh, other side of town where the people have started gathering.
1: Yeah, Roy's going to pick up two of the buckets and start uh, hustling
0: back towards the fire. So does Jasper. All right. So, um, as you get kind of like back in towards the fire, you notice that um, it's it's almost gone. It's like you've just run into like walls of fire. Like you can't really see much to your left or right because there's just kind of. Flaming buildings on both sides, but you can you can see directly ahead of you and behind you, and the smoke's just kind of kind of making everything in a almost haze. But it hasn't got it hasn't got bad enough yet that you just completely can't make anything out.
1: Well, Jasper, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit confused as to what I need to do here. This really doesn't look like we're gonna be able to do much of anything.
3: Uh, Deal runs by with a bucket. He's, what are you What are you fools doing? Get those building Buildings wet. Uh, okay. Jasper, like, starts, he doesn't just, like, toss
2: the whole bucket. He just starts, like, you know, pouring it out little by little, like, just on, on different parts
0: of the building. Um, Roy and Jasper both give me f- wiliness rolls. All right. Seven. Ooh. Five. So, Jasper, you notice that about 15 feet from two of the buildings, there's kind of a wagon full of barrels that has not caught on fire yet.
1: We need to get those out of there. Alrighty. And yeah, I'm gonna run run forward, see if I can use the super strength again and I'm gonna grab the grab the wagon and start just trying to pull it back away from the fire. Jasper,
0: Jesper's gonna help him with it. Give me a toughness check and I guess you can have advantage since he's helping you.
1: Alright. Well the first roll was an eight, so that's an eleven again. So
0: <laughs> Roy is I'm actually just Superman. Superman. today. <laughs> So you're able to you're able to pull this like wagon full of barrels away from the flames without them catching and get them safely into the part of town that hasn't caught on fire yet. And uh, now I'm going to I'm going to cut to Dale. How's his how's his efforts going to uh, to get some of the uh, fire fought back?
3: So so Dale's a little panicked as he just kind of like looks into the part of town that's just roaring in flames. Um, something kind of creeps up inside of him. Um, and suddenly, like, the flames, the buildings within the flames start to shift around, um, as he's, he feels like he's remembering being caught in a big fire, but not remembering it.
0: Give me a frontier check.
3: Ooh, that's an eight.
0: An eight. So, um, a big piece of a building that was on fire has just broken off and fallen towards you, but you were alerted in time by hearing it, and you're able to kind of, Kind of scurry out of the way as it comes crashing down where you had just been standing.
3: Um, but then this then this beam like comes and falls down and then it kind of snaps him out of it. Um, and then he's like, "Oh, oh uh, come on, Whitley, we we got to get more water."
0: All right. So you run back to the well and you're able to fill fill both of your uh, both of your um, buckets up again. And this is probably about the same time that Roy and Jasper would be getting back with those barrels that they were able to salvage
2: as they're as they're pulling the wagon with barrels over. Jasper says, now, Roy, is, is cobbling such a taxing profession? I didn't realize cobblers needed so much strength.
1: Well, now, uh, back in my days of youth, I was uh, well, more youth, I guess. I, I You know, I'm, I'm just someone who tries to keep as well in shape as I possibly can. I understand,
2: I understand. I can't say I'm of the same frame of mind, but... <laughs> At this point, they probably made it back to the well, and Jasper's going to try to grab... You know, fill up some more buckets, and
1: I'm gonna walk over to the. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, I was just gonna say he's gonna he's gonna take some buckets to the to the quarter of town that looks like it might be about to start catching fire and start
0: pouring water over there. Roy, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, so what I was gonna do is I was gonna go up and uh, talk to the mustache man and be like, uh, "So uh, we got these barrels. I don't know what's in them. Don't know if they're gonna be worth anything, but this fire is just." Seems we're 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 making some dents, but I don't know what all we're able to do. First of all, who
0: are you? Well, uh <laughs> I you're right. I, I apologize for not introducing myself. My, my name's
3: My name's Mister Mustache Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my name's Mayor Dusty Harris. I'm a I'm the mayor of this one. Well, I was gonna say beautiful, but <laughs> you probably don't think it's very beautiful now. Well,
1: uh Mayor Harris, Roy uh, Roy McCullen. Nice to meet you. Uh where, where, where have you been sending all your people? We should, we could probably use a few more hands. It looks like there's a part of your city that we could possibly stop from uh, catching on fire. But if we're, if it's just gonna be the three of us, three or three or four of us doing this, I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to save your town.
0: Well, I sent the twins into the quarter of town already. Looks like it might be salvageable there. They're firing the fire in there. I think I've changed this guy's voice dramatically the more I've been talking as him. <laughs> so I need to find like one voice that's his and center on it. Okay. <laughs> well, I sent the tent, the twins in already. They've been they've been working on the part of town that uh, that was on fire and uh there I gotta be honest with you, kid. Uh, there aren't very many able bodied people in my town. It's uh it's a lot of young young children and uh older older people and uh other than the the, the twins and my my boy Rusty who uh they're all helping as much as they can. There aren't there aren't that able many boy many able bodied people. If you uh if you lot hadn't showed up, I'm afraid my whole town'd already be gone.
1: Well, we'll uh, we'll do what we can to save what we can, and then I'll grab uh two more buckets and run to the quarter of town that's still needing help.
0: All right, so you all make several more trips back and forth to the well, and it kind of ebbs and flows. There are times where it seems like the fire is kind of beating you back, and there are times where you're it seems like you're making progress, and then after a while, you kind of get to a standoff. About half the village is lost, but it seems like you managed to mostly save the other half. A couple of buildings are are charred and a little worse for the wear, but it's much better than would have been if you four hadn't been there. Oh, persistence is key, gentlemen. At this point, uh, Doctor Lewis, he uh, he walks up to you, and he's kind of he's covered in ash, and uh, he looks he looks worn out, but he. He has kind of a sad smile on his face. Well, uh, it's a good thing I'm a doctor. I was, uh, I was able to treat, treat the burns of several children who, uh, who got a, got a little toasty, uh, making their way out of the school building. And uh, although they're not too happy right now, I think, uh, I think none of them were, were damaged too bad. Do we? Uh, d- does anyone know how this fire was started? Um, at this point, Mayor Harris, who is standing nearby, he says. I, I, I don't have any idea. I mean, I just—I don't know how something like this could have happened. We take, we take all the proper precautions here in town to make sure some, something like this never happens. I mean, we're a—we're one of the safest towns to live in all of Utah. Well, you were. Yes. I suppose we were. Uh, I want can so, Jasper
2: has fire starting experience. I gave him that because I was like, uh, we might need it. Um. And can I can I like make a roll to see if I can figure out exactly where the fire started? Like how it started? Yes. I forget how your experiences work, is do you just add the experience modifier.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It okay.
2: depends
3: on how much you've invested in it, but yeah.
0: Yeah. That's not very much. It was a two plus one, three. Um, you're able to deduce that the part where the fire was like raging the most was where it started. It started somewhere on that side of the town, but you're not able to nail down an exact cause.
3: All right, I think Dale finally rolls up, and I think he's a little, I think his hat has a burn mark on it, and he's a little worse for wear. It's like, oh, boy, boys. Okay, um, well, weren't we supposed to get some some possum uh, in, in town here? I mean, th- this is a real, real real tragedy, but I can't help thinking uh, what's going on to Emmett.
2: Well, I mean, talking to the mayor here, it doesn't seem like, our sheriff had very much, uh, up-to-date info. Uh,
0: I don't know if they have the men to spare to help us in our endeavors. Um, overhearing what you're talking about, the mayor cuts in. He says, well, I, I'd really like to help you all out after, after all you did to save the town, but after this disaster, we just, we can't spare anybody. I mean, there's so much work to be done getting the town on its feet again. I need, I need every able-bodied man I've got. I... I don't suppose there's any chance you four'd be willing to stay, Mister. We, we really would like to, but we've got
2: some business up north that we need to take care of before we can start to think about helping your town. We we only came here because there's a boy that's
0: been kidnapped by the O'Hara family. Do you, do you know of them? Yeah, I've I've heard a thing or two about them. Don't they don't they own the old mine now? Well, they do, but
2: they shouldn't. Anyway, they, they kidnapped this boy and we we came down trying to gather up a posse in order to maybe have a chance of facing against
0: him in case things went sour. Well, I I really wish I could help you. I mean you four you four right saved us, but I just can't spare the men.
1: Now wait a minute. Mayor Harris, if I may, how about we cut you a deal? What if we go back to Rusty Peaks? See if we can get some uh other people to come down and help y'all at least resituate your town. Then would you be willing to send some of your people to Rusty Peaks afterwards and help us with the O'Hara problem?
2: Now, Roy, I don't know how long Emmett can last. I mean, I, you know, they've already taken one of his
0: fingers. What if they start taking more? Give me a smooth talk roll,
1: Noah.
0: <clears throat> Ooh, that's my worst one. <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's a four. Um... Mayor Harris, he he kind of seems to consider it for a second, but then he says, well, I got to be honest. It's just, it's hard times for everyone in Utah right now. I I couldn't ask y'all to do that. I'm sorry, but I just can't make that deal. Mayor, Mayor, I don't know how attached you are to this town of yours, but um,
2: what if uh, you considered moving a county north? We came here from Rusty Peaks, and I don't know if you know, but the mine has... Shut down a bit, and uh, because of that, we had a lot of people mosey their way on out of town. Now, we have need of some more people in town. Maybe if, maybe if we get enough people up there, we can, you know... I mean, this is thinking the long haul, but maybe we can overthrow the O'Hara's, who are good for nothing, if you ask me. Maybe... Keep digging in the mine until we can find a good vein, and 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 with the people's help, maybe make Rusty Peaks, which isn't charred, um, you know, make it up to something that it used to be. Does that make sense? I mean, it just this is this is a fine town, but I think that building everything back up is going to take a lot of work, and and I feel that there could be more good done. If maybe we had an exodus out of here to the so-called promised land that is Rusty Peaks.
1: I could speak from experience in saying that I just recently bought myself a house up there, and, you know, uh, it's pretty affordable. We could probably get y'all some good deals. It's a pretty empty town.
0: All right, so I'm still going to have Luke do a smooth talk check, but I'll say you have advantage since Noah helped out.
3: Well, all those empty houses, I've been living in a tent. I, re- I rolled...
2: They'll... A- <laughs> Dale- that's, that's of your own volition, my friend. Uh, I rolled I two sixes, but I get plus two to smooth talk, so it's an eight.
0: Okay. The mayor, he, he kind of considers for a second. And he says, well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son, Rusty, and the two twins with y'all, and they're going to have a look over at Rusty Peaks. And if they like what they see, it's a deal. How's that sound? They can also help you out with your O'Hara problem.
2: That's very generous of you, and I think that that is a deal we are willing to make.
0: He, sh- well, he puts his hand out. Mayor Harris grabs it and shakes it.
2: Thank you, man. I do appreciate your time, and hopefully, you can get everybody safe and get a good meal in everybody, and
0: maybe get some hope for the days to come. I pray so. And then at this point, you notice that the uh, the three men he's volunteered to go with you have walked up, and he said, uh, "Speaking of which, have you uh have you met my son and the twins? Their names are uh Sam and Graham. We uh I I believe I've, I've met, the met the twins, twins. Jinx." <laughs> <laughs>
2: I met the twins, I had a, well, I guess you could call it a conversation
0: with them.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I pulled them out of the, pulled them out of the burning jailhouse.
0: Oh uh, yeah, they're, uh, I know we had them in there, but deep down, they're good, folks. And he says, uh, son, why don't you introduce yourself? The, uh, the other boy walks forward, he looks to be about, probably like, 16 or 17 years old, and he walks up to, uh, Jasper, and he says, well, uh, howdy there, I heard, uh, I overheard heard y'all's conversation, and it sounds like I'm gonna be going with you to fight the old Harris. How old are you? I'm a I'm 17, sir. I'm a I'm a I'm a man. Good enough for me. You got a gun? Uh, well, my daddy keeps one in the house. I've shot it uh four, five times.
2: Uh, Jasper, Jasper. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, Jasper just hands him one of the gun belts that he took off the the
0: bandits, and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I've never had my own gun belt. Wow, and he don't pull he that out of the holster. It on. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Of course, N- no, sir. We'll we'll do some training with you. Just
2: have it on you for right now. Makes you look more intimidating.
0: He he, he kind of gives you a look of awe and then goes back to kind of like staring at his gun belt that you've just given him.
2: Sam, Graham, either of you know how to hold a gun.
0: They both give they both give you a thumbs up. I think I only picked up two. Right, we like we killed two of them. I
1: picked up I picked up one of them too. So. I can give them. I can give them one of them.
0: Oh, okay. So once you hand both of them, two of them, they they expertly strap them back, both on, and uh, just continue to stand there waiting to find out like when do you want to head out and go back and what the next order of business is going to be. Can I can I check to see what time it is? You may. It's. I don't, I don't so, think Jasper has a watch on him right now, but he just kind of looks up in the sky to see where the sun is. <laughs> you guys got here probably about four in the afternoon and right now it's starting to just get dark like this ordeal took a couple of hours and the sun is still there's still enough sun that you can see but it's starting to slowly set
2: well we can start riding now and rest on the way or we can just stay here the night and rest our weary bones a little bit and-
1: I honestly stay say we stay here those them woods could be treacherous I say that we stay here and uh, head out at first light
2: Yeah especially when there's the holster's men wandering about
0: Yes sir uh, after after all you've did for this town please let us host you overnight it would it would be our honor Well sure don't mind if I do So, meanwhile, as night is setting in this town, night is also setting in Rusty Peaks. And on the outskirts of Rusty Peaks, there sits an old and normally abandoned house. However, at the moment, this house is full of activity. A little ways in front of the house, there are two freshly dug graves. Inside the first floor of the house, several heavily armed men are sitting around whispering and talking to each other. Their clothes are dirty as if they had just come from mining. The second floor is empty save for two individuals. One of them stands by the open window holding clothing under his arm. Most, um, most people from Rusty Peaks would recognize him as Reuben O'Hara, leader of the O'Hara family. The second is a young child who is gagged and tied in the chair in the corner. Despite his harsh treatment, he seems mostly unharmed save for his bandaged hand. The dark of night is suddenly disturbed as a large hawk emerges from the darkness and lands in the open window. In the corner, Emmett's eyes grow wide as the bird suddenly grows and changes before his eyes. Now instead of a hawk, Reuben's brother Reed O'Hara climbs down from the window. Well, how'd it go? Reuben asks as he hands Reed the clothes he'd been holding under his arms. Were you able to cause enough chaos to assure that Rusty Peaks won't be receiving any aid when the time comes? Reed smiles, buttoning his shirt. Well, of course I was, brother. When have I ever failed you? Well, you did when you let those fools escape the mine and the trap you set for them. Oh, well, it wouldn't be any fun, though, if there weren't any strong humans left to oppose us. Besides, brother, I promise you our next trap won't fail. Reed walks over to the corner facing Emmett, who suddenly gasps behind his gag as Reed O'Hara begins to shriek and change size again until Emmett finds himself staring back into his own face.
3: All right, I'm gonna. Ooh, what an episode! I'm going to still, still reeling in that ending. Uh, time to uh, spin the wheel. It makes a really loud spinning noise in my ears, but none of you can hear it. <laughs> no, it's just,
2: it's nope. just. I'm gonna spin that wheel. Oh,
3: boys! Uh oh. So next time on RPG Roulette, all of us will be the DM. We're doing our first God. split episode in Red Bat.
0: Oh boy. Heck yeah.
3: So tune in in two weeks for what's going to be the very interesting episode of RPG yes, it Roulette will be. Red Bat. Yes. Hey everybody, it's Keaton. You're Dale and... Dale. I play Dale. Um, Sorry this episode was a little bit late. We had a couple setbacks with when we normally record because of Thanksgiving and a couple of other things that came up with the guys on the show. Um, And so we ended up not actually being able to record until about two days before when I like to actually have the edit done versus a whole week in advance. Uh, but with that out of the way, thank you so much for listening to chapter three of RPG Roulette Red Bet. This has been a huge adventure that we're telling, literally uh, telling an adventure story and also just the adventure of making this show. And we so much appreciate all of you who listen to this show. If you want to help support the show, the best way to do that is to leave a review wherever you're listening Go down to the review section right now and leave us a review. That helps us so much. And the next best way is to tweet with the hashtag RouletteCast and to follow us on Twitter at RPGroulettes. But that's about all I've got for you this time. We are going to be back with our next episode on Monday, December 23rd, right around the holidays. And that is going to be our first split episode of RedBet. If you missed what split was, we kind of went over it in the first chapter of Red Bet when we were setting up this new system. And the way that works is all four of us are going to be the GM that episode, and we each have 15 minutes real-time recording time. I'll have a timer going, and when that timer goes off, we'll spin the wheel to find out who's next, and they pick up right where it is, even if it's in the middle of dialogue. The GM switches right then and there. Um, if you listen to our Halloween special we put out a little while ago on Halloween, uh, it's gonna run a lot like that but not in a separate one-off story instead as an actual chapter in our Red bet story so that'll be exciting that'll be interesting and uh it'll be definitely worth tuning into uh, but that's that's all I got for you thanks so much for listening and um, have a good holiday season. We'll see you again in two weeks.